Hey there, everybody, and welcome to the McLeod's Daughters podcast. My name is Jessica Kate, and I am here with Rachel Hack, and we are two romance authors going episode by episode through the beloved Aussie TV drama McLeod's Daughters. And today we are up to season two, episode three, Desperate Measures. Hello, Rachel. How are you? And what did you think of this episode? Hello, Jessica. I am great. And I think everyone should know because of our time differences, I'm in Florida, she's in Australia, that it's four in the afternoon on a Saturday for me and it's 6am on a Sunday for Jessica. So (laughs) shout out to Jessica for getting up early, how devoted she is to this broadcast for you guys. (laughs) And she looks cute. So there you go. Oh, that's good. (laughs) Um, I like this episode. Of course, I'm always very... um, touchy about the animal episodes <laughs> yes <laughs> this one has the brombies and they're like let's just kill them and I'm like no <laughs> so my sisters told me a story last night how she and her daughter were walking down the road and they live in a semi-rural area and there's barns and things and they found two little kittens and they were really worm infested and one of them was really bad and um and so they just had her daughter take it back out to the woods I was like oh my why'd you tell me that now I want to go rescue that cat and one of them one of them they gave to a friend to to care for but it was dying anyway so but I'm like oh why do people do this to their kittens uh, anyway well I feel like you and Tess would get along very well you'd be on board with each other this episode yes we would yes Um, we would on this episode we would be on board come on Tess (laughs) Um, so we open with a bit of drama. Uh, Becky is out. Uh, I think she's mustering some cattle and we see that someone, someone is hiding behind a tree and is pointing a gun at her, but we can't see who it is. Um, and they not only point a gun at her, I think they actually fire a shot and it doesn't hit her, but it scares her horse and she gets knocked off, knocked off um, unconscious, which was something I did write a couple notes here questioning. I shouldn't actually knock her head on anything and I was kind of surprised I mean Becky would have fallen off a horse many many times um she would know how to fall (laughs) off a horse she would know how to fall off a horse but anyway she she's concussed she's got double vision um and then we see uh Nick comes over and he's warning the ladies about the Brumbies um and there, because uh, Drover's Run borders National Park. You've got Kalani on one side, you've got Nick's property on the other side, and you've got National Park on the third side. And the Brumbies live in there and they tend to pop in and out as they please. Um, and we see uh, Jody is working with Liz Ryan for the Miss Gungillan pageant at the moment. And um, then we jump back over to... Becky and her horse runs off with the Brumbies. And so now she's left stranded. She's still very unsteady on her feet. She can't get herself back home. She's too far to walk in her condition. And so she's rather stuck. And I get the impression that she's a long, long way from the homestead. Yeah. I think one of the things that's interesting about that opening scene is was the person shooting at her because they mm. show they they don't show us the shooter's face, but they show us the shooter's angle, and mm-hmm. it really was almost right at Becky. And I wonder if they were trying to shoot at her because remember um, the guy. Oh man, I'm so bad with names on this show. I don't know why. I apologize to everybody. The guy who Brian, yeah, there we go. Brian, the guy who yeah. raped her and has been He's found dead. Mm-hmm. And so I, I wonder if they're trying to set up for us that somebody's out to get Becky. Mm-hmm. more than more than the horses I, I don't feel like they were shooting at the horses but anyway no, yes 
she like falls a off kind of thing yeah and everybody runs off including her horse so they're stranded which was interesting later on when you see the brombies um and because i'm i have seen uh the man from snowy river i know <laughs> to look for a horse who's got tackle on i'm looking for a horse who's got a saddle and a bridle and i never saw that horse running among the brombies there was never a horse yeah. running along who had on a saddle <laughs> so uh, um, then we jump over to Kulani and we see Brick and Alex and I was like yay Brick I love Brick <laughs> I we also, love Brick um, I can't remember which I actually watched this episode two weeks ago and I'm now just re- revising my notes but I have noted here because this is an important detail for me that at least one of them if not both is wearing a bluey and we're seeing their muscles and I was like oh interesting a bluey for oh you call them blueies yes being like that cotton blue singlet um that they're wearing in australia it's a big thing amongst guys especially like rural guys farmers it's called a shearer's singlet but everybody calls it a bluey my dad lives in them um oh so we talked about this before if it's white in america you guys it's a wife beater he's mm, wearing a wife beater we don't really have white ones very often they're usually all blue oh nice i like it yeah so i, I like that little aussie detail um and uh at this point I believe they have realized that Becky is, they've spotted her horse, has come back without her. And so Tess is going to coordinate with Alex, a little bit awkward. They broke up recently, a little bit of tension there. And uh, also Shawnee is there with Alex and Brick um, because you'll remember uh, a few episodes ago, Shawnee got himself into a lot of trouble with the police and uh, Alex said that he could, I think he's basically like working up some community service at Kalani yes. and Alex yes. is sort of a registered um, youth worker person who has worked with these troubled teens before. And so Shawnee is being having a very bad attitude, refusing to shovel manure um, and generally being very sour in the face. <laughs> very and much then, so. then word comes through um, that they are missing Becky. Correct me if I'm wrong here. I'm trying to read my notes and it's not quite as um as comprehensive as i wish at this point they realize that becky's missing don't they yeah i think they're wondering where she's at yes <laughs> yeah yeah okay so and um, also they're doing all the work we need an extra hand <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. um so at this point like when word goes out that becky is missing brick and alex jump into action very quickly brick particularly is very concerned he grabs the first aid kit they jump into alex's chopper um and they go off to search. Meanwhile, we go over to Claire, who's in town with Peter at the fuel station, making out with Peter in public. I know. Where What's that about? <laughs> What's happening there? Um, and there she runs into a woman named Kathy, who they then tell us is the widow of the evil Brian, who uh, died back at the end of season one. Um. Meanwhile, we see uh, Jody is snooping around the Ryan house because it's a lot fancier than any of the homes that drovers run. There's a lot more upper class. It's very um, beautiful. Mm. And there's not really any, we keep cutting back to Jody and Liz. There's not really a particularly storyline happening here. We're just kind of seeing them train for this thing. I'm <laughs> starting to wonder at this point why we were just watching Liz Ryan be snooty and, and Jody kind of admiring her for it i was kind of like ah liz ryan is not the hero here people i think she feels that yeah i think she sorry i think she feels that liz is 
teaching her not only how to be Miss Gungellen, but how to be a lady and how to mm. be mm-hmm, how mm. to hold her, her pinky up when she drinks the tea. So she's aspiring to be someone like Liz. And of course she mm-hmm. wants her approval because she's helped her get into the contest. Mm-hmm. Um, and meanwhile, there is a debate happening with the Brumbies and um, they we hear that the National Park Service wants to cull them. And um, now you're watching this as we go, Rachel. I, am. I know Tess wants to save the Brumbies. Uh, I believe Alex is very much, and there's a real tension here because they've just broken up and he's very uh, bullheaded in his wanting. He wants the Brumbies to be culled. He thinks it's dangerous and a waste of time and a waste of money for anyone to try and save them. Uh, now I know that Nick ends up, Nick kind of walks a middle ground, but often supports Tess of these kind of ideas. But where is Claire at? I don't remember what Claire's doing. Claire, this or is she I, off too busy making out with Peter to care about any Brumbies? She is in Peter's arms watching <laughs> the horse that they see after together. And uh, then the horse that she's training. And they are siding with Alex's opinion that the Brumbies are a nuisance and they messed up the breeding program because they mate with other horses that are supposed mm-hmm. to be kind of breeding. I think they all look the same and they're all beautiful. And then Claire, mm-hmm. you know, Tess is arguing against this, but they're standing at the gate holding hands. Ooh. <laughs> and what's interesting as we advance the story some, and some of you guys have watched all the episodes, we don't really catch back up with Peter for a while, but right as mm-hmm. of right now, they're a couple. Mm-hmm. They are a big to- step forward for Claire. And there's a mention that Jack in the past had saved Brumbies, but it was it didn't do him any good. They, they're too time-consuming to break in. They were never particularly good horses because Tess is trying to argue that they could break them in and they're saying it would take 10 times as long as a regular horse and it's just not worth it. Yeah. Um, and so meanwhile, Becky's sitting on a log. She hears the chopper, bricks in it. She tries to signal the chopper, but they don't see her. And Tess is out on a bit of a mission. Um, she knows that the Brumbies will be culled if they don't return on their own to the national parks. And so she rides out on her horse a little bit man from Snowy River style and wheels the Brumbies <laughs> and turns them back into the park. And Alex has a very strong reaction and makes a lot of fun of her very much in, this was one of the running themes of their fights when they were a couple with that she would, she would have some soft-hearted cause and he would just make fun of it. <laughs> And she would get very annoyed. And they are definitely sticking with that theme in their breakup. But now they don't have the um, the fact that they're a couple to sort of ease that tension. And so he's making a lot of fun of her for wanting to save fluffy animals. And really his reaction was an overreaction, I thought. Um, he seems to be very mad that she put herself in danger and she is getting rather cranky in return. <laughs> and what's really funny about this scene or interesting about this scene is she's the chopper is seeing her do this or seeing her ride very snow man from snowy river and she's even on a white horse but there's becky like help help and there's tess yeah. riding by yeah so, <laughs> no, she didn't see her or whatever I, you know of course she couldn't have caught her on foot but yeah that was kind mm-hmm. of interesting poor becky's still stranded out there and mm-hmm. they've dropped the chopper down after they catch her doing that and they're about to have that confrontation of what are you doing? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then Claire comes in as a part of it. Um, she says that she's surprised that Tess did it and she knows that Alex is unhappy. What, how much of a conversation is there between Claire and Alex here? Actually, it's Meg who drives it, rides up here. 
in this particular scene where they're arguing about it. So Meg's on the scene and then they argue about it. Then they're kind of like, well, we each have work to do. And so they part ways. Mm -hmm. Now Claire is in the conversation back in the barn and just saying how thrilled Alex was at her gesture. So (laughs) now, and she's saying goodbye to Peter at this point. Mm -hmm. She looks at him so love. I'm sorry. She looks at him so lovingly. It's so not Claire. I was thinking about us having this conversation and I was thinking about Claire and I thought, what, remember the baby scene when she's like googly mm-hmm. googly over the baby. And I thought, whoa, wait, what happened to Claire? Come back, come back. And I, I would have, I was thinking how would I have loved to have seen her play out that scene with the baby? Cause every babies do attract us and they do make us say and do weird things that we wouldn't mm-hmm. normally do because they're so cute. Mm-hmm. But I think I would have liked her to have been more subdued in that but peter was there and so she was she would have been like oh really cute but i gotta go talk to peter so now we're we're back with feeling seeing how she is with pm and she just looks at him all the time with such this i'm in love with you look <laughs> and i really like it because we need to see that side of her mm-hmm. and you know as the episodes go on she's actually going to talk about possibly marrying him so m- maybe we don't yeah. know mm. <laughs> And uh, very possibly because he keeps on, we were talking last episode about whether or not we think Peter has a girlfriend, a fiance, a wife, what's going on because of his strange cold behavior. And he he says he needs to make a long distance call um, and that he's he's going off to sort of do it away from where Claire is. And I wrote here in all caps, totally married. I found that moment very suspicious. Maybe it's not actually married, married. Maybe, like we said, split the difference. Maybe it's a fiance or a girlfriend, but I feel I'm like- I'm going to go with something, something else then. You think something else? What do you reckon it is? I don't know. Here's why. He doesn't come across schmarmy. So mm-hmm. I don't, he doesn't come across as the kind of guy who would have a relationship with Claire and have someone else somewhere, mm-hmm. somewhere else. So I'm, I don't know what it is. We're going to find out. If, listeners, if you know, don't tell us yet. <laughs> we will find out. Um, and uh, Becky's horse. Oh, this is a point where Becky's horse comes back. And so everyone now saddles up. So they had, they had been looking for her because she had been due back but hadn't arrived. And now they realize that something is definitely wrong. Um, and the, they're going out after her copter horses and motorcycle yeah yeah oh yeah and this is where the boys load at the chopper okay i must have been wrong earlier because i was remembering the scene where they no. load at the chopper but they must have just been chasing the brumbies earlier that's why they were they might have been before. that's right yeah that's right just brumby chasing okay yeah, this is what it. happens when i watch an episode like early and then <laughs> i need to just i usually do it like the night before we record so that's a better system actually i was watching along and that's what i thought too but now meg has found her mm-hmm um so yeah everybody like jumps in their vehicle the boys have their chopper nick has his bike the girls have got horses and utes and different stuff peter goes with claire um at this point i noted at the start they really sort of implied that there was a stalker after becky at this point they've kind of dropped the stalker thread out of the story and now the danger is only that um presumably that person's still out there becky's in a very vulnerable state but that person's not doing anything becky's just sitting on her log you know with her sore head and they're all out looking for her um and then i will say like straight away (laughs) yes i will say when they get the word meg radios that they found her 
and Brick has such the cutest look on his face, like, oh, and then he gets in there. I know he gets in there right away and he's like, oh, let me help you. And he, you know, helps her stand. He's just, he's being the total hero. Mm -hmm. Team Brick and Becky love those two. (laughs) Now I thought we were gearing up for like a large part of the episode to be the search. So I found it interesting that they found her like immediately. Pretty quick. We had a lot more drama around where they didn't even know that she was missing. Um, And I also thought it was an interesting choice that Meg was the one who found her because Meg and Becky don't have bucket loads of interaction. When they do, it's often a lot of tension. But um, Meg found her and was so relieved. And she talks about how she heard a gunshot. She assumes it was Brumby shooters. Um, And... Brick is like, yeah, helping her up. And she's saying, they're saying, we're going to call the doctor. She's like, I don't need to go. And Alex goes, stuff this. And he just picks her up and carries her over to the chopper. And I thought that was funny because Alex is, is for starters, not a very patient person. Like, let's just get things done. And also Brick's face as they walked away, you could tell he was like, oh, I wanted to do that. <laughs> yeah. Wait, that's my girl. Yeah. You have a girl. Rack off, yeah. Alex. <laughs> um, yeah, right. But also, I liked that Alex was taking such good care of Becky too, even if he was treading on Brick's toes a little bit. I was like, oh, Alex. I will good say job. that is a total Alex move. It was a total Alex Total move. Alex move. Very much, yeah. Um, uh, meanwhile, Peter is in Claire's office and Tess finds him there. And Tess has got a weird vibe at this point. Like up until now, Tess hasn't seemed to have really any particular opinion on Peter other than be sort of excited that Claire's finally interested in a man. But now all of a sudden she's been a bit frowny about him being in the office. Um, He just says he's borrowing the internet. She makes a little comment that he's made himself at home uh, to Claire and Claire's like, well, no more than Alex did every night for two weeks. Like, And they have this whole conversation about, oh, if it bothered you should have said, and they're like, I didn't say it bothered me. Um, and she just makes this comment that Alex never used dad's study, like Tess says. I'm like, the starters, I think Tess rarely says dad. She usually says Jack, um, I yeah. thought. And she's never she been does. bothered about anyone using it before. I thought it was a weird thing for her to get her noise out of joint, nose out of joint about. Um, what did you think about her reaction? Yeah, I thought it was a little strange also. But sometimes the show does that. They mm. have these strange reactions just to create a little bit of tension. Yeah. So I, I, I just fired it up to that. If she was like getting a bit sus on him, I thought maybe she had the same thoughts we did. You know, maybe she heard the comment about him having to go make a call and she's thinking, oh, he's sneaking around on my sister. He's using the office to do it. Maybe I'll catch him. But she didn't. I don't know. That, that is what she was thinking because they didn't really go there. No, it wasn't in her conversation with Claire. She didn't ask him. So I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Mm. We'll see if she later on says, I knew it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, um, Becky comes back. She talks to Shawnee, says she's okay. Alex goes off to work. Tess goes after Alex and is checking if things are okay with Sean. Alex reckons there's nothing to worry about, but Tess is a bit concerned that things aren't going very well between Becky and Shawnee. Um, meanwhile Becky goes back home and there's a beautiful bunch of flowers in her house Um, and I had written here oh they could have been from Brick but he hasn't been to town and they're those lilies that you you tend to find especially in supermarkets in Australia they've got like the little flowers you can buy Mm -hmm. Um, they look like those lilies I've never seen them in anyone's garden but I see them you know they're a pretty common uh, bouquet 
I'm like, well, Brick hasn't been to town. Um, and Becky looks out the window. She's getting a scrabble out. She can hear someone's out there. She asks if it's Jody. Um, and then Shawnee shows up and they have a bit of a chat. And so you kind of, you've been wondering like, oh, did she hear a stalker outside or was it just Shawnee? Um, has the stalker left her flowers? And it was a bit, Mm, don't know. I also like the conversation with her and Shawnee. Like Shawnee's still got a bad attitude. He's saying bad things about Alex. Um, he says he'd rather be in jail. And Becky's like, shut up, don't say that. And then they're like, want to play Scrabble? And they're like, okay. <laughs> so I thought that was cool. Like they've kind of had tension between them as siblings, but then they're like, let's play Scrabble. <laughs> yeah. I like these two. Hmm. She's Becky a good big sister. Mm-hmm. Wasn't he the one who brought the flowers though? I was thinking he was, but he wasn't. Because well, he wouldn't have gone into town either. Get- a shot um yeah no he didn't bring the flowers and we get a shot like a point of view shot outside like someone's hiding yes. in the bushes so that's an echo of what we saw earlier behind mm-hmm. the tree with mm-hmm. the rifle yeah um the next morning becky's eating fast she's going back to work uh she's bob the mailman is going to pick her up take her into town so she can get a checkup from the doctor um claire has slept in another very interesting move here and Tess is very sus and is his you know kind of concerned that Claire's coming down with something I'm like uh Tess I think it's pretty obvious why Claire was not out of her room pretty early <laughs> Peter is on the property <laughs> and Tess is like oh you must you're out late you must be coming down with a cold I'm like Tess come on <laughs> um so she has a bit of a weird vibe there uh, she's also been researching people who have experienced working with Brumbies. Claire is kind of annoyed, just saying, why are you going to do this? Um, and they have a little bit of an argument because Tess insinuates, is this you talking or Peter? And like, we all know Claire. She's not going to be taken on. She is a woman of strong opinions. She is not, just because she dates think- a man does not mean she's automatically taking on his opinions, Tess. This is a little bit. She, it showed to me how Tess really is a bit down on Peter here. Yeah, she is. She's making a comment about Peter, but she's really upset about the horses. She's yeah. trying to talk Claire into another way of dealing with the Brombies other than calling them. And so she's been talking to people and Claire's like, what do you uh, wear on the net? So you can <laughs> tell the age of the show when they say that. And and then she's won't kind of listen to her. She and Meg are telling her, yeah, at a certain point, this is the only way to, d- to deal with them is to get rid of them. And then she makes this snarky comment about Peter. So I think she's just really kind of more upset about the horses and she's just picking at Claire and she's using Peter to do it. That's mm-hmm. kind of my thought. Yeah. Um, then we see Nick. Yay. We haven't seen him so far this episode. He's got the guns out. I made a comment last night. We were watching the next episode, episode four, uh, and my boyfriend was here. So we we're watching it together. And the first half of the episode, Nick has like long sleeve shirts on. And then all of a sudden there's an episode where he does something we're going to talk about next time, um, particularly manly. And all of a sudden he's in a shirt without sleeves. And I laughed and I said to my boyfriend, every time they want Nick, like they want the audience to love Nick even more, they get the guns out. (laughs) (laughs) It's every time. It's so funny. Every time. Every time. And this time he's uh talking with Tess about her Brumby idea and while he's not giving her unreserved support he's also not down on her idea the way the others are his understanding of why she wants to save them he's just like it is a lot of effort bloody blah and she's like no we could 
Um, he laughs at her idea to take them to Adelaide. He says he's not taking on wild horses without good reason. But she says to him, I bet you never read The, the Man from Snow River. And I wrote here, I want him to start quoting it. Because especially the first line, like, it's pretty well known. I think I could, pre- not perfectly, but I could pretty well quote the first line of The Man from Snowy River without too much thinking. Let's uh, go. Let me hear it. Oh, It's something like word had got around that the cult I forget like the first phrase but something 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 word had got around that the cult from old regret had got away that's That's it yeah yeah Um, I'll I'll google it here real quick yeah yeah. (laughs) have a look I just I can just never remember what that very um first phrase is there was movement at the station there was movement at the station for the word had got around the cult from old regret had got away I do like Bando Patterson there you Um, go so yeah pretty pretty commonly known um and then it moves on. So again, here, like Nick has, he's actually said, like everyone else, against Tessa's idea, but you get the feeling that he wants to agree with Tessa's idea and that she may have actually started changing his mind a little bit. So that was cute. Then we go over to Jody is, is dancing with Liz Ryan, still pre- um, prepping for Miss Gungellen. And Nick comes in and they make Nick dance with Jody, which on the one hand, I was like, oh, this is very cute. I like watching Nick dance with anyone, really. It was kind of, Jodie was a bit flustered. Nick was very good at it. It was very cute. But then I was also like, this is kind of a wasted up. I was like, what's happening here? This is a bit of a wasted opportunity. Normally, these forced dance lesson uh, scenes are a way of building romantic tension between people that you know, you were hoping we'll get together, but they're not at the moment. But it's a way that we can watch them dance and we can go, oh, but long before they're together. But this is Jodie. She's like 18. There is nothing with her and Nick. She always has a crush on the Ryan boys, but she's the show always makes out that she's far more interested in boys her own age. They're more than 10 years older than her. I was kind of like, this is a waste of opportunity. I want to see Nick dancing with Tess or Claire or maybe like a cute big brother sort of moment with Becky or something. But I don't know, with Jody, I was like, oh well, it's it's cute. I'll take she it. Did, but- she did give him a crush look she was oh, just she kind did. of enamored with him she for the moment she was instantly smitten <laughs> she was into yeah is yeah i can't talk to the instantly smitten for mm-hmm. sure mm-hmm. because i wrote here is liz angling for the youngest mcleod not that we know at this point if you knew and i have talked before about our suspicions about jo- who jody's father really is but there's the show certainly hasn't said anything about it um our suspicions were wrong by the way oh were they Mm, i learned that in in episode five oh we will we will see okay what much to chat about soon um so anyway i thought that was interesting we'll see if they ever pick that thread back up um but nick meanwhile i love this nick goes to alex with an idea about the brumbies alex is making fun of him calls him stupid but i'm like ah nick's coming around to tessa's side that's so cute um and then Shawnee and Brick uh, are chatting and Shawnee ends up, uh, he calls Alex a wuss and has, and Alex is like, all right, Alex is so much bigger than Shawnee for starters, guys. Like, I'm, you've all watched the show, you know. I think he's nearly got a foot of height on him. He's twice as wide. He's twice as thick. My gosh, he could just open-handed slap that kid and Shawnee would hit the ground. <laughs> yeah. Well, he barely pushed him and he landed in a wheelbarrow. Yeah. And so Shawnee calls him a wuss and Alex is like, rightio, mate have a go, come at me, which I also loved. I was like, what an Alex move. He's like, all right, this guy's got some testosterone to burn. I'll just let, let's just punch it out. I'm not going to hurt him. We'll just, you know, just let him take a swing because he's not going to hurt me. (laughs) 
Um, and so Shawnee does. I'm like, oh, Shawnee, you're so stupid. And Alex just gives him a big push. He lands in the wheelbarrow, prick laughs at him, and Shawnee kind of sulks off. But that did crack me up a bit. Um, that was funny. Me- and Tess is in the paddock and Nick rides up and he quotes the line. Oh, yeah. And it's I've got it written down here. There was movement at the station. Um, and so I thought that was nice. And they and I wrote here, I'm like, this is, in my opinion, why in the Nick and Alex battle for Tess's affections, I believe Nick's going to win because he supports Tess's crazy ideas every time while Alex consistently mocks them. And I'm like... Even though Nick is like, we've all been annoyed at him for not making any moves, I still feel like he's chipping away. He knows he can't make his move too early because she's got commitment issues, but he's chipping away, just supporting each crazy idea as it comes, and he's slowly winning her over piece by piece. This is my, this is my theory. Well, he is saying, let's go do, catch some brombies. So he, now mm-hmm. he's bought onto her idea, and she's like super happy about it. I don't know. <laughs> if he's being romantic or being a friend or being a brother or he's just soft-hearted are he he soft-hearted kind of he on is. a similar wavelength there they are i do really like him mm, he's great we go back over to peter and claire peter's watching claire work they're talking about uh her poker face and how peter can't read her um they talk a little bit bit about her missing her dad and she says he would have liked you and i'm like oh she's really sort of opening up she doesn't talk about jack to many people um and so if peter turns out to be a jerk then so much more of a jerk (laughs) claire's gonna be so annoyed but um meanwhile shawnee's coming out on a bike and i and i thought oh i don't think that's shawnee's bike and it's not brick comes out he's like ah that's alex's what are you doing and shawnee is mad he says he's getting out of here and he rides off on it um meanwhile we go back out to um meg is now um having a bit of a chat with becky and she's like getting so annoyed that jody's so sort of enamored with the ryan family and the ryan family's way of life and they're all like yeah yeah liz ryan's so stuck up <laughs> um, meg, meg holds no punches oh and she hates liz ryan <laughs> she does and so uh and then nick and tess have got some of the horses and they look very happy about it alex drives up in his ute which matches nick's ute i always write it just cracks me up that these brothers have matching utes they're the same ute they're just in different colors i'm like oh you're matching it's so cute <laughs> well they probably bought them for the farm you know you buy this like a, the electric company or um the the garbage trucks they're all like mm-hmm. the same because it's they also bought some for- um convenient sponsorship from ford <laughs> Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, yes, yeah, so they've got their horses. Nick is like, ah, there's one born every minute. You're going to have so much trouble with them. But um, Tess doesn't care. She's like, they're so beautiful. And he finally admits, good job rounding them up. And Tess ends up laughing. Nick doesn't look very happy at this interaction. So Alex, he has made fun of Tess this whole time. He's done no work with the Brumbies. Nick has supported her and helped her get the brumbies in and then alex comes over cracks a couple of jokes and tess looks a little bit like putty again and but nick here's the thing alex did something (laughs) yes you gotta make a move mate you can't just keep on looking grumpy every time alex comes over and charms tess back into a good mood far out 
I don't know what the deal is here. So because, <laughs> so if let's just say the creators and the writers know where they're going with this. So a little insider here for, for to the writer life, we know basically where big elements of the story are going, or we should, we should. Hey guys, just wanted to give you a quick warning. There's about to be a major spoiler that we chat about. So if you're a first time viewer of McLeod's Daughters, you may want to skip the next couple of minutes. If you know what's coming up, uh, particularly around the end of season two, some major events, then listen on. So we know who the heroine's going to end up with and all of those things, especially if you have like a love triangle, we know which guy is going to be the one in the end. And so you kind of tend to set up the story with those elements, or maybe a few red herrings. And so I wonder if these are just red herrings. I think Peter is a red herring. I think he's a red herring. We don't know if Claire ends up with anybody before she dies. So spoiler, <laughs> spoiler alert. Guys, Sorry. we managed to keep Rachel innocent for a long time. I obviously did know that Claire dies eventually having gone to school when the episode aired and one of my friends coming up being like, Claire's dead. But yes. Rachel did see it recently on a fan page. And so the secret. Yeah, is <laughs> I think it was sometime last year and I was like, what? You're kidding. Mm. So I, I thought we had talked about it before. So you can cut that if you want to. Sorry if you're a new listener. <laughs> Sorry, new listeners. Brace but yourselves now. Just prepare your hearts. See, to me, <laughs> that makes me want to. Yes. One, now we have time to prepare our hearts. And it mm. makes me want to uh, see what happens. Now I want to see mm-hmm. what happens. So spoiler alert, it should mm. trigger your interest. That's it. Anyway, we know whatever's going to happen, it's got to happen soonish. Soon. Really soon. It's going to be around for another eight seasons. Yes. So I, anyway, it's just odd. But also we know that the brothers are competitive and they've mm. been that way their whole life. Their dad, who is a jerkwad, yeah. pits them against each other. Yeah, so, just competition. So, and Alex and Tess were a thing. So I think Nick feels a little bit intimidated by that. I don't know mm-hmm. why he should, but, or he's mm-hmm. trying to back up and not make a move on her because of his brother. We shall see. We shall see. Um then uh, we're seeing Claire and Peter and they're having a bit of flirtation, you know, saying that he's he's pretty sure he's going to be able to think up a business reason to come back to Drover's Run still. Um, and she says, oh, I can come to Adelaide, which sadness, that's a big, big offer from Claire. She's offering to leave Drover's Run for any amount of time. And I was like, he's going to have an excuse. And he does straight away. He's like, oh, well, I'm in my weekends are a bit jammed up and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh, I knew it. Oh, something is not right. Um, and they kiss goodbye. And she almost leans in like a second time. It is nice seeing her so in love. Um, but something yes. is fishy. Um, something is fishy. I wonder if he's using her for some reason Mm. Mm. we shall see um meanwhile bob hasn't showed up yet to to pick up becky um this is where i found the becky storyline then at first it was all about becky then it wasn't about becky at all and then at the very end of the end of the episode it's all about becky again um a weird thing happens here brian's widow comes offers her a list insists that she gets in becky tries to get out of it um but his widow says, I need to talk. And so um, so she goes in and she says, don't you at least owe me that or something like that. And I, at this Can you stage, at least give me that? She's like, can't you at least give me that? Yeah. 
Becky was clearly uncomfortable. I felt like her instincts were telling her not to get in the car. Just for starters, everybody, if you ever have an instinct telling you not to get in somewhere or go somewhere, listen to that. You owe no one anything. I was like, Becky doesn't owe her jack squat. That chick husband was a rapist. And, um, you know, maybe she was a fellow victim. Becky still doesn't owe her anything. Maybe she was complicit and she knew what was happening. Becky especially doesn't owe her anything. Like, come on. Anyway, Becky I does was thinking, I was thinking Kathy was going to say, I know what a kind of man he was and I feel for you. Mm. It's okay. Or I know what did he, I, I felt like she was going to confess who Brian really was. But then Brick sees what happened. He saw her drive off. Shawnee so sees. Now, yeah, oh. Shawnee sees it. And he goes, and no. he's, he's on the bike and he's. Um, oh, that's right. And then he tells Brick because now Brick's taken off. And after he her. tells Brick, yeah. Um, and as soon as Shawnee sees her get in the car, he goes, crap. Uh, so he knows that something's off with this lady. That's right. Um, and so poor Brick looks so worried. So Brick jumps on his own bike and. Um, and they chase after the car. And meanwhile, they are um, having a conversation in the car about Brian. Um, and, you know, she's kind of, she's, she's talking about how much it's upset her and she knew what was happening and she should have done something. And um, Becky notices that Shawnee is chasing on the bike behind him, but then he runs out of fuel. And so he kind of passes the baton on to Brick, who takes over the chase. And um, the car gets more erratic. Becky says, please slow down. I want to get out. Then she notices there's a gun in the back. The widow starts talking about how Brian made her an outcast. And Becky says, you took a shot at me. And Becky goes to jump out of the car. And the widow says, I wouldn't do that. There's no one there. Now, again, if you are in the car, I was always taught, do jump out. Don't let them take you to a second location. So just remember that, folks, as well um and they uh and she confesses that she did know she should have sent something she felt guilty as well and becky yanks on the handbrake and i was like smart girl she yanks on the handbrake the car screeches to a halt and becky grabs the gun and gets out i was like yes don't let that crazy lady take you anywhere and brick comes up and takes the gun and then he tells the old widow it's going to be all right. She seems to be just sort of having a bit of a breakdown more than you're kind of yes, not she sure. Does. Did she have the gun to harm Becky or is she just driving crazy because she's upset and she's confessing things? And you're really not sure the whole time. Like, it, does the stalker even exist? Or was someone just taking a shot at the Brumbies and then maybe Brick left her the flowers and then this lady was just making a crazy confession? Like, I, I'm wondering, have they just tricked us into thinking a stalk is there when there's not one? Which I think is cheating because they use POV shots for someone yeah, they who's did. not there. <laughs> well, if she has the gun and she's acting this way, you gotta, you're led to believe it's she Kathy. The stalker? Yeah. Yes. I the other thing that I thought was know. weird is why would Shawnee chase her? Yeah. How did they know that this lady was, is it well known yeah. that she was crazy he recognized the car how would shawnee know how would shawnee know i guess you could say shawnee knew about brian and knew yeah. this is his wife and maybe but we don't really have a connection there why shawnee took off after her yeah i mean if it was well known that this woman hated becky for sort of being the other woman even though poor becky had no choice in that um then maybe but the in the end it turns out this woman was just it seems that she just really wanted to get it off her chest that she felt guilty too because she'd known she hadn't said anything 
Um, and and Brick's reaction is he tells the old, the older woman that it's going to be all right. So he's sort of just saying she's just having a nervous breakdown. Like he doesn't really see her as evil. They're not restraining her. They're not pointing the gun on her. They're not saying stay in the car, keep away from us. They're like, oh, it's going to be okay. So was she actually stalking Becky? Uh, I don't know. Well, it says, okay, so by the time Brick catches up to Shawnee, he says it was Mrs. I think her name is Mrs. Crane. Yep. Mrs. Crane, and she's driving really weird. Becky has seen the gun and said, did you take a shot at me? And she, Kathy looks kind of weird. And then she's like, no, 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 I wouldn't do that. But you're kind of thinking, like, yeah, you would. But I think she did, yeah. Um, yeah, so then, so then Brick picks up Shawnee and off they go. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, we've got Tess and Claire. Um, Tess says a penny for your thoughts, and Claire says Peter's perfect. I'm like, oh well, Claire's in love, but that's a bit extreme. <laughs> um, and Tess is saying, and Tess has a similar reaction. She's like, I never thought I'd hear you say that. And she goes, I never felt like this before. He's the one. At this point, I was like, oh Claire, I feel like you've gone a bit too hard and fast here. Like I know you haven't dated in a long time, but um, and and Tess doesn't seem to be completely happy about this either i don't know if she's just worried that claire has fallen too hard and too fast and uh and tess despite her romantic nature is actually quite wary of men and committing to them um but anyway they, they get distracted from their conversation uh by the boys or, or we cut back over to the boys sorry um and Alex gives Shawnee the benefit of the doubt with the bike. He says, you know, oh, clearly you only took it to go help your sister. Shawnee fesses up anyway, even though he was let off the hook, which was a bit of character growth for him. And Alex offers him a coldie. So that was nice. You know, Shawnee's saying to make some progress. And uh, then I like this touch. Liz Ryan goes to Alex. It looks very grumpy and says, I hope she enjoyed them implying that Alex has been ripping flowers out of her garden and giving them to some woman that Liz Ryan doesn't know about. And Brick smiles and you realise that Brick has been flogging flowers out of Mrs. Ryan's garden. He was the one who gave all those lilies to Becky. And you just, and the only way you realise this is just by different people smiling to themselves. And so my last note in all caps was, I love Brick. (laughs) It was such a cute moment. That's two for two. Two very cute Brick and Becky sort of endings in a row for this for these last two episodes. What's funny there is Alex looks over at Brick and says, I hope she enjoyed them, mate. Yeah. And then they click their beer bottles. And so Alex gets reamed by his mom and then he looks at Brick and is like, okay, <laughs> dude, that was all right. That was cute. He's got his back. That's awesome. <laughs> so now the flowers are on the table in the big house with the girls mm-hmm. and they're getting ready to have dinner and they're going to talk about what happened that day and you see Becky take a sniff of the pink mm-hmm. lily and she's smiling and she smiles yeah her. so I think she's figured it out too so again that time where she was hearing someone outside the house it was either Brick sneaking away after having delivered the flowers or the stalker just Brick had given her the flowers but then the stalker also happened to be there or there never was a stalker and that shot was weird <laughs> I actually think it was Kathy you think it was her? The, yeah, because of the rest of the conversation. Well, mm-hmm. maybe not. She does confess that she knew deep down what Brian was doing and she feels yes. guilty because she didn't tell anyone. And Becky says, oh, I'm guilty. I didn't tell anyone either because I was afraid he would go after Kimmy. So I think, but there's no, if Kathy's trying to get rid of the guilt. Mm. So I don't know why What's taking a, a sh- accomplishing, yeah. 
This yeah, what would really make sense if she yeah. hated Becky, which she doesn't. Right, but she doesn't because she thinks that Brian kind of got what he deserved because he, she knew deep down that was who he was. Yeah, so really kind of weird. So, weird listeners, there. what what do you think was going on with uh, with Brian's widow? Tell us what you reckon was happening, uh, and you can tell us at McLeod's Pod on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, and Rachel, if they want to chat with you, where are you hanging out online? Everywhere, <laughs> Rachel out. <laughs> R-A-C-H-E-L-H-A-U-C-K, Rachel Hauck on Facebook, Rachel Hauck on Twitter, Rachel Hauck on Instagram, rachelhauck.com. Love to hear from you. Mm-hmm. And then you can check out Rachel's newest book, To Save a King, with a, a beautiful cover at the moment. We're not video, but I'll hold it up anyway. <laughs> see it. But here it is. I'll let, Be- I'll let Becky. Jessica, Becky, Jessica can tell you it's so pretty. It's so pretty. I've been loving all the like these beautiful dresses on all the covers of your of your um newest royal books. Well, so I'll tell you a funny fun. story about this real quick. So my designer found this dress, and I had another dress already in the story, and it's this huge dress, and it has feathers on it, swan feathers, and swan feathers is part of the story. Mm-hmm. And but when I saw this one, I said, oh, I have to write that pose and that scene into the book and so there was a scene where my character was staging a wedding shoot a wedding dress shoot Ah, and a character that's cool a character taylor who you guys might know from the wedding chapel who's a photographer she's doing the shoot and she's waiting for the model to show up the model doesn't show up so she says Gemma, you have to be it Mm-hmm. because she's very beautiful she used to be in hollywood and that's how she knows how to stage things and how to kind of run the wardrobe and she's oh no 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 not me not me not me and so that she ends up in this pose and the love interest prince john shows up mm-hmm. and so it's kind of a fun little very exchange nice. yeah very nice and so i thought well i have to put and i have to put her expression so to me her expression looks like Am I saving? She's kind of got her nose tilted up, you guys, and her hands gently poised, poised in front of her. You're seeing her back and her hair slowing down her back. And she looks kind of like, am I saving a king? You know, because the title's <laughs> to save a king. So I kind of worked that into the dialogue. I made a little bit of I, fun of my own cover. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And if you want to see it's a me online, it is beautiful. Um, then Jessica Kate Writing at Jessica Kate Writing on Facebook and Instagram, justkatewriting.com. You can check out my book, Girl's Guide to the Outback. And we will see you all next episode to chat about season two, episode four, Boar War, where we talk about some water wars. So join us for that in a fortnight's time. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Hey guys, just wanted to say a quick thank you to composer Bobby Abbott for our theme song. If you want to check out more about him, then you can go to Bobby Abbott Music on Facebook and that's Abbott with two Bs and two Gs. See you all next time.